0: And the ticket in the ticket Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This
1: man i swear i can't believe you just said it anyways man we got (laughs) to welcome back we've been hearing us and seeing us all day uh this is the final two hours nick before Mm -hmm. we get the pregame show going on it's a it's a great scene out here in uh boulder um like i said before i'd uh we we have uh, plenty of ownership out here uh, Mm -hmm. you know from the time uh, when i played uh but it's always great to be back uh we're, we're out here a part of uh you know, the blur parties and, uh, and they're doing a really good job. They're setting it up and it's just more people coming in, uh, both the Colorado fans and Nebraska fans and Nebraska fans are starting to really represent up here in Boulder, but this is old school brought to you by the Mercado certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop, every type of meat and every type of cut located at 84th and Havelock and, uh, 30th and Yankee Hill. Um, this first segment, I got my man Nick here. DP just got rolled in. He's doing what he's doing with OG, uh, some OG uh, stuff that he needs to do. So he's handling some business. Nick is stepping in here and uh, gonna fill in for a little bit. But Nick, I wanted to talk about the uh, Friday night games, um, which were, I always felt it was interesting that the Big Ten wanted to do it because it kind of sometimes you know hurts high school football, but mm-hmm. it also gives you some brand awareness. Uh, there's two games tonight. It's Indiana against Indiana State. And Illinois uh, at Kansas. Now, I think that we'll we'll spend just a little time on the Indiana State and in Indiana because Larry Bird nor Isaiah Thomas is there, so we're, it's not even basketball season, but they don't have anybody on, on uh, football uh, that's actually close to it. Actually, Indiana has a really good defensive player in Aaron Curry, but um, I want to talk about this. Indiana should win, right? This is a yeah. must win for Tom Allen. If he loses this game, he might as well just already just call the realtor. But what I wanted to ask you about, is Indiana's performance against Ohio State, right? Yeah. Clearly they knew they couldn't win the game, but if you watch the game, they were essentially trying to keep it close. Mm-hmm. And it's, you it was almost like a moral victory. I wanted to ask you about that um, in your perspective, in the mindset or how you would take it as a young college student fan if you were at Indiana. Would you be happy about that? Or would you be upset with it because, you know, you can kind of be snowballed or smokescreened into that's a successful game, but you still got PlayStation reset it by, yeah. 20, you know, three touchdowns?
0: Well, I think I think when you looked last week at the Ohio State-Indiana game, Indiana's main concern going in was how do we stop Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. and Emeka Abuka. And I think they, they, they held them to, I think it was five catches for 34 yards right. the entire day. So I think if you are taking moral victories – then that's one of them. Now, Indiana's not going to compete with Ohio State on any given day. So, Ohio State's there with still Travion Henderson, right? They still have him. Uh, They're working in a new quarterback, which I don't know – I don't know how confident they are in Kyle McCord. I I think – you you went through this long list of recent Ohio State quarterbacks that maybe didn't have the success at the NFL level, and CJ Stroud is still to be determined. Right, but they had a, a decent amount of success at the college level. level. I mean, da- da- dating back all the way to I mean Braxton Miller, his yeah. freshman year at one point, but then more recently it's the JT Barrett, Dwayne yeah. Haskins. Um, it's that group of quarterbacks in whatever order it is. So I think you go back and you think if you're Indiana. If you're taking moral victories that's fine but moral victories I don't think are going to save Tom Allen's job right, after Right, yeah, this year. it's
1: a it's a slippery slope but if you really let's say coach to win and try to win instead of coming out of that game and say, man we competed well we actually mm-hmm. you know if you have your goal chart to shut those two receivers down and play and they and they, and Tom Allen went and hit the transfer portal to revamp that defense. Yeah. They were ball hawking um their defensive backfield and in their their and their their whole defense but in particular their back seven is going to wreak havoc. And they're very active, and he's always been a defensive coach. So, yeah, the, those are the things that you have to do. But I I, I just wonder how you can move forward. Yes, you're, you're going to step out there and beat Indiana State, right? But how do you look back at that Ohio State game and say, what do we truly accomplish long term? Yeah. But when you're Tom Allen, you're fighting for your job. So you you probably secretly or with your staff figured out, okay, what do we need to do in order to keep our job? Because we really actually believe in what we're doing. I, I've heard rumblings, even if he isn't retained, he'll be in some sort of administration role, administration role, just because of the respect that he had, or he had, that people have for him. Cause he could have left after that magical year and he yeah. stayed. So, and Indiana is never, uh, um, even uh, when, when uh, Jerry DiNardo was there, it's never been thought of as a, as a uh, football school, but, you know, I think with Indiana and Tom Allen, he has such a great, he's such a great human and a good coach that you have to do some of that stuff. I just wonder what it would do long-term for the development of the program if he's back next year, right?
0: Well, exa- I mean, yes. And, and don't forget I after mean, do that. I mean, you start over and say, okay, to- well,
1: like last year, okay, I, I got my job, mm-hmm. right? We're, we, I'm, a, I'm a lame duck for another year. Okay, now we're going to really try to do this.
0: Well, it, you'll you'll remember that after that year, they lost Michael Penix, right? And, and In now the first we, now, game of the season, yeah. Right? yeah. And, and, well, and I'm saying he ended up transferring. Right, yeah. Like, it, that that seems like a very long time ago that Michael Penix. Was at Indiana, and that was a huge blow for the right. Hoosiers because he was a big part of those successful years. That Tom Allen ended up getting an extension and right. got a raise. He's getting paid four point nine million dollars, I believe, per year yeah. to coach Indiana, and yeah. then, so they they put the investment into Tom Allen. They're they're making uh, renovations as well. If they yeah. just did to to uh, the the Hoosier Stadium and things like that. So now, um, if Tom Allen is retained, I I don't know where you look necessarily. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think Michael Pennick 's leaving was a start of a domino effect of, of this thing, never really being able to get off the ground consistently. Yeah, because I, we've seen what now what kind of quarterback he is in Washington. Washington yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just back to his normal self. Um, I think it, the, his style fits the Pac-12 kind of high-risk, mm-hmm. high-reward, right? you got three or four NFL receivers, throw it up there and let them do work. Now, that leads us right into the other game, which is probably the most interesting game Friday night game that's been on in a while, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of like the Big Ten and against the uh, Big Twelve. We you know weekend. You obviously got Nebraska, Colorado, and then obviously you got uh, um, you know Kansas and, and Illinois. And the reason why I say this is this leads us right into this game tonight is because is could possibly Illinois face what Indiana faced after having their magical year, right? You know you had the great Michael Penix. He mm-hmm. took the he took the league by storm. You know, they were kind of the Big Ten champion, but then, the you know, the commissioner stepped in and said, nah, Ohio State's going. You guys aren't ready. And, you know, you got a coach that, you know, gets an extension, but then, boom, the bottom falls out.
0: And, Frank, sorry to interrupt you, Jay, but and frankly, with, with Michael Penix's situation, he wasn't talked about on a national level right. like he is now right, yeah. while he was at Indiana. Right. So, for an from an individual sense, that that was a really good move for
1: him. It was, and it was coming off at like an ACL injury, mm-hmm. A really bad game to start the season against Iowa. He was starting to get some Heisman hype. Yeah. As much as Indiana could do. But I think it was like the injury, and then he's like, you know what, I need to change the scenery.
0: Indiana also just lost a really good defensive back, Tywan Mullen, to the NFL draft. Um by the way, Taiwan Mullen at one time was a Nebraska commit. But uh no, he they just lost him last year as well. So they're trying to find a couple pieces. In, in a in a program that doesn't necessarily generate a whole whole lot of NFL talent,
1: but when you look at Illinois, um, them having a good year last year, let a little bit of a letdown that Michigan mm-hmm. State game. I, I I said that was the one that sealed the victory that they're not going to go to the big Big Ten championship, but every coming into this season with high expectations. Jim Leonard as essentially head coach number two. Um, you know your defensive coordinator is now the head coach at, at Purdue, so even though he's not on your program, he does yeah. bring light to your program. You had numerous guys drafted last year. You got three guys up front on defense that are going to get drafted. All four of your defensive backs got drafted last year. Mm-hmm. You think Isaiah Williams would possibly get drafted? You have a big running back uh, back there. Could they be set up for a letdown and it could and could it start tonight on the road at Kansas? for a team that was on the uptick. Remember, mm-hmm. Kansas was 5-0. Lance Leopold was all but certain to be our next head coach. Yeah. And then, obviously, the bottom fell out. But they've built that program. They have more athletes this year. They did decent in the transfer portal. They got Savion Morrison as their second and third <laughs> team running back, and he's doing really well. Yeah. So that's really good when you have a former four-star that's willing to transfer from Nebraska there, and he's, he's getting some legitimate carries. Could Illinois, in your estimation – be set up for a indiana type of fall
0: no because i think brett Bielema's a much better coach yeah, than tom i agree Hall. too yeah. right I, I, think, I think i just had that, to ask just because of the circumstances um, now so. now dep- I, it, there is a factor and i think a big part of it we were talking about it actually earlier this morning is that a big deciding factor of whether or not illinois wins or loses tonight against kansas is the health of jalen daniels right. the kansas quarterback sat out game one with uh, with a little bit of a back injury, I, I don't I don't think he's a hundred percent from what it sounds like. And so, if Jalen Daniels isn't at a hundred percent, they were able to get past their week one opponent. Right. Illinois is a little bit different. We talked oh, yeah. about we talked about they, they promoted from inside into in uh, from within for defensive coordinator after sure. Ryan Walters left, and then they brought the, the the guy of Jim the mind of Jim Leonard to the to the program as well. And so, uh, plus that we know with Brett Bielema. I'm still interested in Illinois a little bit because of how they're replacing Chase Brown um who was such a workhorse for them they they now have Luke Altmeyer in at quarterback yeah. as well for for Illinois yeah. still still jury is still out on how good Illinois can be but I don't think it's going to ever get to the point of of the demise of of Tom Allen in Indiana
1: yeah yeah it just you, I mean you just never know because in their first game it looked like they struggled to score points I mean they won 30 to 28
0: well, they they beat they beat a Toledo team that's led by an experienced quarterback, right? Um, and they they kicked a field goal in the closing seconds. Right. So yeah,
1: I mean that pretty much could have been the upset special of the of, mm-hmm. of week one, and you don't expect that from a team that really, and Brett Bielema took the, took the Big Ten by storm. You I mean you have to you you have to remember Nick, he took that team up to to Wisconsin mm-hmm. and beat those beat them up, and you have two first-round picks on your defense line. The other one's probably going to be no worse than the third-round pick. And you give up 28 points. I don't care if Toledo or not, experienced quarterback or not, it's not apples for apples with Tom Allen. I just wonder when you have such a, I wouldn't say magical, but really good year for Illinois, right, consistent, and you get a big type of personality of a coach, Brett Bielema, could you be set up for a little bit of a letdown based on, Look, Chase Brown was in in, in college for in, yeah. running the ball for six years. I mean, he was a, a man amongst boys, and along with and let's not forget Sidney Brown as well. Yeah, right. So those are two. Witherspoon, stal- Witherspoon moves on, right. gets
0: drafted by the Seahawks. And Barnes,
1: the yep. linebacker. So yep. I mean, you got to think, you, you know, they, it was the stalwarts. If, if you ever want to come into a situation, right, as a coach to kind of come in under the radar, right, and and revamp it. You and you think where Brett Bielema went went from. Remember when he got up in front of the team and he's like, man, the reason why we can't run the ball is because all our offensive linemen aren't very good. Then they go out to Penn State on that like dreary mm-hmm. Saturday. It was like a 2.30 game, right? And they went into like eight overtimes. And remember Brett Bielema had the formation on Twitter where he had every single offensive lineman that dressed out there and their one running back, and they yeah. ended up upsetting him. Then the next year, not expecting much, right? Got a young defensive coordinator. Next thing you know, you know he's in. He was on the cusp of getting to the Big Ten championship and end up losing to an inspired Michigan State team. When you reach those heights and kind of go from the depths of the low, low, you know, depths of the the lowest of the lows, and then you start to hit the highs of the highs within your program. And if you can't hit another gear, right? Because you got to think, in order for Illinois to really take that next step, that means you're going to have to probably leapfrog Penn State next year. That means you're going to have to beat either a combination of UCLA. Washington and Oregon, or a USC win in one of those if you play them, along with the Iowas and all that, to be in the top like three or four, to be in the potential where you think you should go. Now, it won't fall out like Tom Allen, right? Because I think Indiana definitely overshot the runway. But I think you could see – I wouldn't say a little bit of buyer's remorse, but you could be like, okay, well, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, What's next? A little bit of Glenn Mason, a little bit before your time. Right, Glenn Mason was lock and step. Nick, eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two, really good year. Seven and five, maybe springling six and six. Here comes back eight and four. Next thing you know, you got people calling for his job, talking about he hadn't made any progress, and you haven't. And then Jerry Keel came in a couple years later. But sometimes when you get success when you haven't had it, you can think that okay, this is the way it is. This is the way it could be. This is the way it should be. And then you look at another team. You know, you mm-hmm. might look at Penn State like, "Oh, well, we should do that. We should get that guy." Yeah. Or you know what I mean? And then, then you you know you don't have anybody there to pump your brakes. Then you start looking at, "Oh, we're we're paying him too much."
0: It's interesting that you talked about that that downfall where you start out on such a high, or you have a year where you're so where it's it's a high, and you're worried about that downfall. Look where mm-hmm. we're at, Colorado, and where we're talking is, I mean, a, a good example is Mel Tucker. Yeah. Right. A, a good example. He didn't have a, a spectacular year in 2019 when he came to Colorado after Georgia after he was an assistant at Georgia, that right. is. Um, but he, he got Colorado, t- got a couple good wins. One of them was against a top 25 Nebraska team at that time yeah. in week two on the road in, at, at Folsom Field. And so then he goes and, and Michigan State hires him. And there's a lot of, of positive feelings about Mel Tucker. And there still is, I think. But they signed him to such a large contract that with that came such large expectations. Right. and. I don't know if he's really met those quite yet. Not
1: yet. Yeah, and and unfortunately for them, and fortunately for a lot of other coaches, they benefit off of that Bingo. Mel Tucker uh, contract. And uh, and what it was it was there was a lot of teams mm-hmm. with bigger budgets willing to come in and take him away from you, so then you had to overpay. Well, then you reset the market. Now you got buyer's remorse a yeah. little bit because now he's like – now now we're now not only do you have a hundred million dollar contract, it's ninety five mm-hmm. or whatever, but then you're like, Okay, well sooner or later we're gonna have to upgrade these facilities. Yeah. Nebraska's not even close as good a team as we are. They just, you know, open up their big facility. You talked about Indiana doing some stuff. <laughs> Northwestern maybe do some stuff. Yeah, they they, Soon, they had plans to plans to, but they paused it. Yeah. But still, now you're like, Okay, not only do are we on now they have plenty of money, mm-hmm. right? But it's still the process of, okay, where, where we're at and where the, expect, the expectations are. Because, like, Mel Tucker hit a home run with Kenneth Walker III. Absolutely. Get, couldn't get off the bench at, at Wake Forest, right? Had had a great year. The defense was playing good. Had a couple linemen get drafted. Quarterback was coming into his own. And then guess what? The quarterback got, got, got bored. The receivers decided he wasn't really that good. And then it turns out the backup quarterback was probably maybe just as good as he he is. And you see, you know, Kim lightening up in that yep. fir- in his first start. So now you have a little bit, okay, well, we'll, we'll we, why did you, why did you have Thorne in there in the first place? Why didn't we platoon? So then you, then these, these questions yeah. are the questions that you weren't getting asked when you were, you know, 11 and two or whatever it was in that, in that really good year. So it, look, these are big contracts. Um, and, you know, I think, and also I want to, I want to say this before we go to break, I think, the amount of really good coaches, and I consider Mel Tucker a really good coach. I don't, cons- I, I don't consider him elite. I think like yeah. Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo, even Lincoln Riley is a le- elite coach, it, and I'm sure there's other ones I could come up with. Uh, but I think he's a really good coach, mm-hmm. and and there's only about fifteen to 20, 20 of them, but then after that is none. It's like you have to keep them. It's almost like you have to pay them elite prices. To, yeah, you got to pay them elite prices, so you're actually pay, overpaying, mm-hmm. You're knowingly overpaying. And um, but I think that's that's part of the deal, and these coaches know it. And plus, you got to think like this: a place like Northwestern, private university, probably has a ton of money that's not on the books and stuff like, or like even like Stanford, right? But it's
0: also not invested in athletics specifically. Right. But if
1: they choose to, yeah, if they want a Mel Tucker right, they're going to have to pay them $20 million, yeah. right? But then even if they are potentially wanting to pay them $20 million, once you've kind of been at a place and built it up to where you are a upper echelon coach, you don't want to go deal with that stuff in no. Northwestern and have, you know, recruiting and academic yeah. uh, restrictions. So that's why.
0: I'm curious to see like the way Northwestern goes about it, and Iowa in the in the near future when Kirk Ferentz calls it quits. Michigan State was in that spot with Mark D'Antonio. When yeah. you have these these long term and just you know the, these coaches that were there for a long time, right? Yeah. Where Michigan State. Is, is an interesting example because D'Antonio had success even yeah. into his later years. There were Rose Bowl appearances. There were Big Ten title game appearances. But they were, were division, on a little bit of a downturn. They were, they were turning on the It had some team issues. Yes, and, and that's then, why it, D'Antonio ended up. And the
1: then league. when he retired, it was like out of nowhere. It was like on a weird Monday. Exactly. Yeah. And so
0: and so you knew there was stuff internally, but, yeah. but even back then, I mean, like with Kirk Cousins, the yeah. Le'Veon Bells, the uh, I mean, there were there were a lot of good teams. Connor Cook had a really good yeah. year. Oh, they were really um, good that year. They, and they were led by a really good defense every single time, right. which fit really well with the Big Ten Conference. So then, like, I, I wondered, you know, like, Michigan State then went out, paid a hefty price, thinking that a hefty price with a coach that had, you know, made a, a Colorado team look pretty good. Yeah. Even though they finished 5-7, and seven, I believe, in 2019 – Paying a hefty price, hefty expectations. This program isn't that far away. Mel Tucker's going to come in. And outside of that 2021 year with uh, Kenneth Walker, he's, had a, he's been below 500 every right. single year.
1: And also, when you're, when, you're, when your long term head coach retires abruptly and out of mm-hmm. nowhere, the, the, the coaching hiring well, cycle it's like was red, over. Red lights. Also, well, the, well the, whole, the hiring cycle was over. Yeah. So, what do you do? Go get somebody that you know that was Mel Tucker. Michigan State ties have been there before. But good first segment, me and Nick, old school. When we come back, we'll, we're going to dip into a couple games. I, I asked Nick off air about Notre Dame. He is bullish like no other on Notre Dame. I picked <laughs> NC State for upset uh, upset alert. Interesting. And uh, we're going to discuss that plus some other ones. I want to ask you about Alabama, Texas. I want to ask you really about Ole Miss against Tulane. So – uh, we'll be right back after this, and we're going to discuss some games besides the Colorado Buffs and Huskers.
0: You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theTicketFM.com. Is this?